0: Welcome to another edition of the Savvy Citizen podcast. In today's episode, we're chatting with the folks from the Cooperative Extension about a brand new workshop they're introducing in 2023. So if you're interested in gardening, meat production, and preserving your own food, this is the one for you. Stay tuned. Welcome back to another episode of Savvy Citizen. I am Dandrea Bradley. And joining me today is Linda Minguez, Laura Wharton, and Peyton Flowers, all from the Cooperative Extension. And we are so excited because we get to talk about a brand new workshop that they are going to be introducing. And so, Linda, let's start with you. Um, You first told me about this workshop, and I got super excited and said, I cannot wait. And this is during the planning stages. So let's tell everybody what's coming.
1: Right. Well, uh, so I was talking with our staff members that are here today, Laura and Peyton and Laura can actually give you more information about kind of the background of how she got started with this. But, um, we started talking about how the three of us could work together. And I think one of the reasons why I'm so excited, and I'm going to let her tell you more about it, is that it was a really great opportunity for us to come together and think about the connections that we have from growing, you know, plant-based foods and then animal products and looking at preserving them. And it also gave us an opportunity to think about how we could partner with other extension specialists and volunteers. So we started bouncing that around and the energy got really high. So I'm going to turn it over to Laura and let her tell you about how she came up with this.
2: Well, I wish I could say that I I came up with this all on my own, but I didn't. (laughs) Um, So I used to put on a, a workshop called Putting Small Acreage to Work, and it was really geared towards people that are trying to make a profit off their land. And that was very successful. We did that for a number of years, but, you know, trying to look for something new, and I was talking with our director, David Fogarty, and and I was like, you know, I'd really like to do something similar to that. And he's like, well, what about homesteading? And because um, he, he said it's like a big thing right now, and I was like, yeah, I fit into that because I bought my first farm. I call it a farm. It's not really, but it's a hobby farm. Um, three years ago and I'm constantly bugging Peyton and Linda about all the projects I've got on my farm. And I think I fit into that category of a homesteader because I'm doing the perennial niche crops and I'm doing the vegetables and I'm doing the food preservation and I have animals. So, but I'm not necessarily doing it for a profit. I'm doing it for my own benefit and that's a really growing trend. And I was like, well, if I do this, how can I get my coworkers to participate in this? And so I went to Peyton and Linda and another staff member, Julie Flowers, and said, hey, would you guys be willing to partner with me on this? And so Peyton and Linda really grabbed onto it and we've kind of done it as a collaborative effort. So I can't take full credit for it because we've all played a part in in marketing it and getting it off the ground.
0: Awesome, so this (laughs) new workshop it's called Homesteading Basics. So, what can we expect to learn during this workshop?
2: So, the topics kind of run the gamut from, you know, intro to vegetable production. Peyton's doing something on season extension, so, taking your basic vegetable production and extending the growing season. We've got another specialist that's going to be talking about specialty and niche crops. Uh, one of our former employees that's now retired and is actually an extension volunteer, Jim Burke, is going to come and talk on introduction to backyard composting. I'm doing one on starting your your backyard chicken flock, and I'm also doing a session on small-scale livestock production with an emphasis on hogs, sheep, and goats, because you can, you can do that on a small scale. Um, Linda and I always get her name wrong, but um, Mary, Mary Yavalak. Um, Linda's doing it on um, Intro to Canning, which is a really popular topic right now. Yes. And then um, Mary is following up with that with doing a fermentation class. And then um, one of our beekeepers is coming to talk about beekeeping. Have I missed anything? <laughs> I think I don't that think covers so. it all. So, but yeah, so it, it kind of runs the gamut.
0: So anybody who's interested in homesteading or even just, you know, having like their own little vegetable garden, this is perfect for them. And so, like, you know, we were talking before we started about how excited I was to even like host this podcast because yours truly and my husband, we have registered for this particular workshop. So we are trying to just get the full array of everything. So... With the, um, you know, some of the classes, like the main one that I was interested in was really, you know, the vegetable garden, like for beginners, because I want to start a small vegetable garden in our backyard. And I thought, well, you know, I learned better in a classroom. And then Linda told me about, you know, you guys getting together to collaborate on this. And I was like, you have got to let me know when this is ready. (laughs) (laughs) You've got to. So now Peyton. Talk to me about um, extending the growing season, because that's fascinating to me since I am going to be, you know, doing the vegetable gardening. So, you know, what can people expect from that?
3: Well, so once you get the basics down, it's how do you get the most out of your garden in a calendar year? Now, for my Mm -hmm. growers, that's normally, you know, how can I extend my point of being profitable? Um, I want to be able to grow from February until November. And I have growers doing that in the county. Mm-hmm. But for the average Joe in their backyard, you know, there's little strategies where you can get, you know, an extra two months out of your tomatoes or you could potentially grow lettuce through the winter. Um, so it's learning those strategies that's gonna help folks, you know, even if you're just feeding your family and that's your goal, um, it's going to help you be able to do that for a longer period of time. So we'll use things like, you know, we'll talk about greenhouses, high tunnels, the more, you know, grower-oriented stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about the smaller strategies that you can use, things like low tunnels, um, plastic mulches, different things that, you know, a homeowner's not normally thinking about um,
0: right. using. So I'm just going to show how green I am. What What is the normal growing season? <laughs>
3: Uh, Well, it depends. Um, Usually folks aren't planting their spring vegetables until probably late March, early April, but then we get super hot Um, when, you know, June comes around or we might may even get super hot come mid-May, and that's not giving you a full, you know, growing season for things like lettuces and spinach. Mm -hmm. Um, But you'll also realize that um, as you plant your um, summer vegetables, I use tomatoes because everybody wants to grow tomatoes. everybody grows tomatoes. Right. We could plant those earlier in some situations and there's other strategies that you can use so that you can be harvesting tomatoes later on into the year too, when typically you're, you're getting two months in the summertime.
0: Wow, okay.
3: But usually you know Octobers our cutoff for, for growing things and we're not starting until March or April.
2: Very but cool. but uh-huh. there is an addendum to that because, um and, and I bug Peyton about this all the time, because I'm really big into growing perennial crops or crops that I grow in the off season. So I've been sharing with, or I've been, I guess I pick Peyton's brain almost on a daily basis. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about doing this. And like this year I, I planted asparagus and you typically plant that in the fall. And it, you let it overwinter, and then this year I'm trying something new where I'm growing garlic, and garlic takes 300 days roughly to grow, and I'm I'm doing it in um, raised boxes that I just put on the back side of my husband's he shed, and you know, and I'm trying that kind of falls under the specialty crops and niche crops that most people don't think about growing, and the nice thing, like for example, for garlic is that I can produce a crop, save some for next year's crop to Mm -hmm. replant. So it's a, it's, it's even though it's an annual crop, it's a, it's a crop that just keeps giving year after year after year that a lot of people don't think about growing. And I love garlic. So that's one I'm really excited about. And, and I've picked Peyton's brain on that and asparagus varieties and, 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 and I was excited because I have fruit trees and I was like, I keep going to all these problems I have. I'm like, okay, this is new. So how do I figure this out? So, it's nice having that resource.
0: I'm, I'm going to like back up for just a minute. So, we talked about the different classes and everything. Now, who exactly is your audience? Who are you reaching out to? Because, you know, I think we had this conversation, you know, a while back about how during the pandemic, so many people started, you know, small gardens and things. And then we've seen this explode into homesteading. So, who exactly are we? wanting to come to the workshop?
2: I think it's kind of a unique audience that we're not traditionally used to serving, at okay. least not for me. Cause I am a livestock agent. So I'm usually dealing with the conventional farmer who, what, or what we think is the conventional farmer. I think these are just a lot of homeowners that have interest in utilizing their land better And when I say land, that could be as little as a quarter of an acre up to a few acres or even up to 10 acres. But they're not necessarily in it to make a profit per se, but just for their own consumption and for their own benefit. So for me, it's a new audience. Maybe not so much for Peyton or Linda. I'll let them answer that. But for me, it's it's not an audience that I typically serve.
1: Gotcha.
0: So Linda, how about you? Like...
1: Well, you know, actually, even from the level of when we think about fermentation and food preservation, you really don't even have to have acreage. So this could be folks who you know, are just interested in learning more, maybe for future homeowners, Mm -hmm. you know, where they want to come. There's a lot of folks who are wanting to learn some of these skills because they haven't learned it from generations in the past. You know, I hear so much of family saying, you know, my grandmother did home canning, but I never learned how to do that. And sometimes, that information that's passed along, you know, based on research that we know today, maybe it's changed and folks need to learn new methods of doing things. And also foodies, that's a whole nother group, you know, that we think of, I think that could be another target group. And one of the things that I think we're really excited about is knowing uh, Laura's working on Getting evaluation from this class and finding out what general topics f- people will be interested in, okay. so that we can continue to get information out. And just like you mentioned, Dandria, about you know the fact that you prefer to learn in person. Mm-hmm. So we want to ask that question as well. You know, is you know, are there other topics that people might be interested in doing as a webinar, or do they want more hands-on? So, for example, like the shiitake mushroom workshop that Laura and some of our staff members work on. Um, You know, we've talked about how a lot of these things that possibly we could do for later program planning. So we're really open to seeing, you know, what the interest is and what else we can do. Okay. And how about you, Peyton?
3: Well, it's it's part of my job to go out and, um, like when somebody's new to a farmer's market, go out and write their grower certificate. And one of the interesting things that I've been seeing this year and last year, following kind of, you know, COVID at its peak, Mm -hmm. is that folks began growing and they grew more than they know what to do with. um, And they go and they call me and they say, hey, I have a bunch of stuff, or they're trying to get into the farmer's market for just a week or two. um, Just trying to, you know, see if they can, you know, make a little additional money on the side um, out of some of this extra produce that they're growing. Okay. Um, So that's been, I guess, as far as if we were to do a needs assessment, the amount of folks who've been calling our office saying, hey, I have a surplus. What do I do with it? What do I need to do with it? This doesn't mean that, you know, this is for people only looking to sell, Um, but it's a good stepping stone for creating a potential hobby that could pay for itself or be, you know, a small profit for for somebody in their backyard.
0: Absolutely, a side hustle. So my husband and I, became interested in this topic for a couple of different reasons. So he grew up in the country, you know, helping out in, you know, his grandmother's garden and on the farm and all that kind of stuff. I did not. That, that's not my thing. I mean, my great-grandparents had a farm, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time there. Um, to be honest, I didn't really like it because I used to get chased by a rooster. Um, but that's a story for another day. But um, for him, it was just he was young and and doesn't really remember all that stuff. And he, you know, wanted to just learn those skills so that he has them because because my father in law, he had a farm for a long time, which he doesn't do it too much anymore. But we wanted to just relearn those skills or in his case, relearn and in my case, learn the skills The other reason we wanted to do it is because we wanted to become a little more self-sustaining and start, you know, maybe growing some of our own food or raising some of our own food. Um, How far we're going to go with that, I don't know. But I believe in education, I believe it's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So that was our main reasons for signing up for the workshop. And I'm excited. Too.
1: I think it'll be a great opportunity also for folks to be able to collaborate and talk and meet other folks that are yes. like themselves and just get those ideas. And, you know, that was one of the issues during covid that was a challenge for a lot of the programs we've done. So it's been a while that we've had this concept of a program. So I think we're really excited about that and being able to talk to folks. And, you know, also I think there's concerns about just in terms of food supply and availability, you know, with Mm -hmm. all of the things going on across our country, those are issues that we still hear about. And many folks are still concerned about that. So... I think that has not gone away. And I remember during COVID, some of our local uh, folks, you know, local mom and pops that sell seeds and plants, they had mentioned to me, some of our partners had mentioned to me that they were bombarded by people wanting to grow who had not a clue how to plant anything. So we take for granted. And also there's a lot of new folks who come to our state who, like you mentioned, do not have that agricultural background, or maybe they're retiring and they suddenly, you know, now they want to be able to grow some things. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of different reasons, and I think this is a great opportunity for us to learn more and to work together. And, and again, I think we'll learn a lot, too, just from the variety of people that will be there. Absolutely. So, Laura, when
0: uh, can we expect this workshop to start?
2: So it's slated to happen on Saturday, January 21st of 2023. So just a couple months away. Um, it's going to be pretty much an all-day event starting at 830, and then we'll have three breakout sessions. We'll feed you really well in between there. Um, but each session will have three options that you can attend. So, okay. so three breakout sessions, three potential options you can sign up for. So – and – the. Even if you can't obviously attend all nine sessions that we're offering, we are going to provide you with the resource materials for all the sessions. Okay. Um, on hopefully a flash drive. Um, so you'll have that material, even if you're interested in something that you couldn't attend both at the same time.
0: Awesome. So now, is there like a registration involved? Is there a cost?
2: Yes, there is. Um, the cost um, is $40 per person. I wish we could offer it for less, but that's, that's as low as we could go. Okay. Um, just to cover our own expenses. Um, and you can go to the, the, our county extension website, gaston.ces.ncsu.edu, and it's under our events and our news. You can you can access it either way. And there's an actual direct link to the homestead homesteading backyard basics workshop, and then it'll take you to the form that you can register online.
0: Okay, awesome. So, now, when you do register, um, or if anyone's interested in registering, what's the deadline? How long do they have before? I think
2: I knew you were going to ask this question, and I I think it's the week before. Okay, so it's like the Monday or the Friday before. The event. Um, I think it's the Monday before the event is the deadline to register. Um, but you know, as long as we're not at our capacity, I'm not intending to turn anybody away.
0: So it's not a hard. It's deadline. not a hard deadline.
2: <laughs> um, if we've got the room, and it's it's like you know, what's one more person? It's we're not going to turn you away. Absolutely,
0: you know? so. absolutely. So is there anything else you want to share with the audience about this homesteading basics?
1: The only thing that I thought about, which could be a really good perk, you know, for folks who maybe they're not even certain if they're interested in some of these topics, I think folks are going to also learn more about the equipment and get a great idea of the sense of the startup cost that can be involved. Um, so, you know, I think that's another reason to consider coming is just to learn more, even if you're not really thinking this is something you definitely want to do, but just to find out about the cost and have all of that information that can be really, um, worth your while that alone. Sounds good.
3: For me, it's, this misconception that you can learn how to do this on your own, like through YouTube. Um, I'm guilty of of watching a lot of YouTube and and thinking that I can do things to myself. Um, But it's going to connect you with folks and it's our job, you know, to help folks in this County do these things and connect you to the university resources, the research. I've had folks call me this year having issues in their home garden Um, following some things on YouTube where folks had misled them, and uh, they had some real issues, and they weren't able to grow anything in their garden based off the practices that they tried to follow. Um, So, one, we're going to teach you the right way to do it, and we're going to connect you to people who are going to help you sustain that throughout your growing lifespan. So this is, for $40, it's worth it.
0: I completely agree. And, and Peyton, I'm just going to go ahead and say I feel called out.
3: Look, I'm calling myself hey, no, out I,
2: too. I, I, YouTube user, TikTok user, but at least yes. I have this resource. That, and like, if I have a canning question, I know I can go to Linda and be like, okay, I saw this on YouTube or TikTok. Can I really do this? And she's going to set me straight or right. Peyton knows. <laughs> I, I'm always coming to him with all these crazy ideas I want to do on my little farm at, And I'm like, okay, I saw this online. Is this real or is this fake?
0: <laughs> right. Because I like so my husband and I, we watch, you know, other homesteaders on YouTube Mm -hmm. and we're just like, hmm. okay so I see how they designed their garden or I see how they built their chicken coop, you know, but we haven't tried anything yet. So I'm just going to put that out there like I wanted to get the real education and then just kind of use YouTube as a supplement. (laughs) That's a good use for
2: it. And
3: I'll be the first one. Like when folks come to me and they want to learn certain things, um, I try to use my background to find out, you know, who's good on YouTube. and right. Who are the folks to listen to? Um, so I do point people that way sometimes, even though, you know, we're supposed to be pointing people to the research. Sometimes it's good to have visuals to follow. Right. Um, and I'm not not against the YouTubers at all. I'm, I'm using some of their content. The, the thing is you have to be careful. Yes.
0: All right, so Homesteading Basics, Saturday, January 21st, 2023. You can register on the Cooperative Extension website. Sounds good. Well, Laura, Peyton, Linda, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us on the Savvy Citizen podcast, and we look forward to having you again.
1: Great. Thank you. Thank you. you.